Fading Memories is sponsored by I'm Up. I'm Up is an app that gives you independence, security, and peace of mind. Find it in your favorite app store and use invite code 006 when you sign up. Welcome to Fading Memories, a supportive podcast for those of us caring for a loved one with memory loss. Hey, did you call and check in with mom this morning? No, I thought it was Pam's turn this morning. Do you know where my laptop is? Why are mornings so crazy? Ah, these daily phone calls are getting complicated and we're all forgetting whose day it is to call and check in. I'll call mom from the car as I head into work. That way, if we get into a conversation, it won't make me late or any crazier than I already feel. Oh, don't forget to give the dog his pills. Sounds good. Who's going to call Pam and figure out whose day is whose again? Ah, there has to be a better way than this. Caring for someone with memory loss is not an easy road. The journey is a long one filled with tears, countless questions that are often unanswered, and tiresome days. I know this because, as you listeners know, I'm on this journey too. I joined an Alzheimer's caregiver support group a month before conceiving the idea of creating this podcast, and it's been a blessing in helping me as I go on this journey with my mom. I know it's not always easy for people to get to a group for a lot of reasons, so today I'm bringing you a conversation with Simone Blackwood of the Global Senior Care Institute. They're in the Caribbean, lucky them, but lucky for us, they have an online support group and online counseling you can always take advantage of. With me today is Simone Blackwood with the Global Senior Care Institute. Did I get it right this time? Yes, you did, Jennifer. Hi. Hello. Thanks for joining me. It is so happy. I'm I'm happy to be here. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. And as I mentioned a second ago, um, offline, you are the first person I've talked to that doesn't have a direct family connection to Alzheimer's or dementia. So how did you get into this, this, um, the business and the caregiving and Tell me a little bit about yourself. Sure. So my history is that of nursing, and I am a registered nurse, of course, and I branched off into gerontology. And being in the field of gerontology, um, you know, I encounter families a lot, as I mentioned to you before. A lot of the families that I encounter actually have loved ones with Alzheimer's disease, or they're suffering from some type of dementia, and I have the responsibility of providing um, them with non-medical home care sometimes, um, doing referrals, doing patient care plans. So I, um, although I don't have that directly with family, I do have that experience working with families, um, caring for persons with Alzheimer's and dementia disease. I, I you know, it's sort of, uh, what should I say? It, it's near to my heart because I see the the pain and the struggles and uh, you know difficulties coping that the families would experience. And you know it, it just took to me. <laughs> so I, I right now I work with the families a lot and um, yeah I help them cope because that's one of the main things that I've noticed. Uh, they need they need coping strategies. They need help and they need encouragement with self care. Definitely. And as a family per- member that's, I take care of my mom, she is in a care facility, a very nice one. Um, right. We appreciate people like you that help us. <laughs> so tell me about the Global Senior K 
Care Initiative? Well, my institute, we are located in Trinidad. Okay. <laughs> and that is in the Caribbean. And it's actually the only institute. Uh, well, they go through UK accreditation, but our programs are geared towards training persons, family members, caregivers, persons who want to be caregivers, persons who are thrown into the role of caregiving. Um, so we teach them, we train them about Alzheimer's care, we train them about different conditions of the elderly. But we focus a lot on behavioral um, uh, issues and, and communication with persons who have uh, parents or loved ones with Alzheimer's uh, disease. And we also, as I mentioned before, we perform, uh, we do more medical care, visits, care planning, um, you know, the facilities, one of a training facility. And um, so it, it, we, we do a lot of counseling here as well, mental health counseling. And um, yeah, it's just, it's really amazing um, working with different families, different persons, seeing different perspectives. Um, you know, not, not every uh, situation or family we would encounter would be, um, you know, some people understand how the disease progresses, some don't, and we use that opportunity to educate persons and work with them, work alongside families to help them get the best care for their loved ones. In a nutshell. <laughs> well, that's a good nutshell. Um, <laughs> I know there's a lot of there's a lot of availability for training and classes, like uh, through the Alzheimer's Association that's here in the states. <laughs> and where I live, we are in the farthest reach of the San Francisco Bay Area. Wow. So, Great. if you want a really nice, quiet city with big homes and good schools, you're going to spend a lot of time in the car getting to work. Right. <laughs> so that's where I'm at. So a lot of times the classes that are available are, you know, a 45 minute drive. If they're on a Saturday, that's not too bad, but during the week, it's you're not. Right. So yours is online, correct? Yes. So we have online courses. Well, we actually do have some um, in classroom, but to facilitate persons who are not within the country and, um, you know, people different parts of the world who are caring for loved ones with Alzheimer's disease, we have an online virtual support group. And I, I felt that this group was so necessary because I found um, that a lot of people tend not to reach out. Um, you know, they, they try to do things themselves and I've noticed that it, it really doesn't work when you're trying to juggle yourself, you know, your home, your families, um, you know, your parents. It, it's really difficult sometimes. <laughs> so I made this uh, a non-judgmental zone for caregivers where we can have, you know, confidential discussions, um, you know, every Saturday, every second Friday. And, um, you know, it's just really been awesome. Feedback has been great. I think um, it's appreciated, it's needed, and um, you don't have to leave your house. And I think that's the best thing about it. <laughs> well, if you're caring for somebody with Alzheimer's, now my mom is, she just turned 76 on January 12th. Right. And she is in the later stage, like stage six. Right. So she needs constant supervision, you know, living with me would not have worked because, you know, it's just not as safe an environment as she needs to just be able to do what she wants. 
And, you know, if you, if you have your loved one like that at home, it's difficult to get to a support group. Now I'm in one locally. It's once a month. I unfortunately missed it this month because I wasn't feeling well and I didn't want to spread germs. Um, But having a podcast and talking to all kinds of people is helpful. (laughs) Yes. Yes, definitely. Because I'm certain you you get a lot of tips and, um, you know, encouragement of the benefits of actually going out and, you know, not being consumed with the daily, um, the care, the care, the daily care for your parents, because it, it, it takes a toll. Um, I've seen that caregivers sometimes get sick. Mm-hmm. I've seen that they get mentally worn out. And, um, you know, a little bit more sometimes they, they literally break down because of the emotional stress. And then sometimes we have the different emotions that they're dealing with, um, the guilt, they're dealing with the frustrations, they're dealing with, um, you know, the siblings, they may be tugging and pulling sometimes. So, (laughs) yeah, uh, they're dealing with a lot and it is a lot for someone to deal with. Plus you're looking at your parents decline. And it's not easy. So I I know uh, how it can be and, and that's, why you know it's it's great for anybody i encourage anybody some people like that in-person connection and that's fine i encourage you wherever you can get it go get that support i think it's helpful you know like i i've because i started the podcast i have the blessing of talking to people that are in the trenches like i am people whose family members have since passed and like I said, you're the first one who hasn't had a family member who hasn't been a direct <laughs> caregiver to a family member. Right. But I do get a lot of tips and advice and wisdom shared, which is great because that's the whole point of the podcast. But mm-hmm. having the in-person support group is good too. There are mm-hmm. times I get support, sometimes I give it, and sometimes right. it's both, which is you know, it makes you feel good because you're yeah. you're helping somebody you know, you're helping your parent. And I think it's incredibly necessary to learn about the disease, the progression, why they act the way they do. Like my mom is is, uh, just recently getting a little bit more, I don't want to say hostile because that's that's a stronger word. Um, My dad passed away. It's been almost two years. It'll be two years on March 2nd. She does not remember that. Right. So she gets very frustrated that he does not drive her places like the doctor. She's very upset with him because she feels like he's dumping her on me. (laughs) And for obvious reasons, I don't remind her that he passed away because I don't want to put her through that. Correct. So it's it's very frustrating, and I'm I did learn a couple different tricks that I've tried that are helping, but she really is hung up on dad is not doing what he's supposed to be doing, which is right. Well, you know, one of the tips I share um, very often, uh, one of the, the, the what I stress on a lot is being able to stay in their moment, right mm-hmm. and. It really is nonsensical to instill logic at at a particular point, especially when they're advancing in the um, Alzheimer's. You said your mom is stage six. Mm-hmm. So, you know, 
in cases like that, you just have to uh, say, well, you know, sometimes it sounds bad, but we say it's, it's sometimes it's okay to tell a little white lie mm-hmm. like that, right? That's um, so. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's okay. <laughs> well, my support group is very good. They call them fiblets. Um, so like little, little like fibs. That. Yeah. And yeah. they, they encourage that. Uh, the gal that is the facilitator, I know she had a loved one, but she's, she goes back a ways to where um, the theory was, you know, read them the daily newspaper and talk to them about the news and try to keep them in the current time Times, and right. they've, they have mm-hmm. finally abandoned. I'm glad they abandoned that. Cause there's no way I could do that with my poor mom. Um, no, I think that when you take approaches um, such as those that you just mentioned, it sort of put a toll on them because remember they don't remember. And sometimes if you're not sensitive enough, you may try to have a conversation with them about something that you just did. For example, you were just, you're reading a newspaper and you're, you're telling them a story, um, you know, something happened. And then a few, probably a few minutes after, they may not remember and they would get frustrated and you will get frustrated and they partially get more frustrated because it's like, why can't I remember this? So sometimes, as I said, you know, it's important to stay in their moment, whatever it is that they think is happening at that very moment, you work with it. You just dance mm-hmm. to the tune. Yeah, you just work with it. And I know for some people, you know, it's it's hard. It's hard because you're thinking, well, you didn't know your mom to be this way. You knew your mom to be intelligent and on top of her game and, and very smart. And then there's this horrible disease. It's horrific. It's, it's taking her away piece by piece. And, you know, it's hard, but you have to remember that you, you want to stay in their moment to make sure that they don't get agitated, they don't get angry, and you just want to keep a calm environment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, yeah. when, after my father passed away and we moved her into the care residence, I was um, fixing some paperwork at the business office because, you know, there's always that stuff to do. And mm-hmm. I made a comment that I don't even remember. And even the business manager of the residence said, Oh no, don't invite your mom to our reality. And and we were talking about my dad because we mm-hmm. we moved her two weeks after he died, which still sometimes feels harsh, but she right. doesn't remember he died. So it's it's sometimes hard to stay in their reality because I've got in my head, I've got to do X and Y and Z and watch the time and blah blah blah. And mm-hmm. her short term memory is about maybe two minutes. I think it's mm-hmm. actually getting shorter. Reality is not very big. (laughs) I know, and I know as I expressed before, you know, I mentioned it's very difficult and it's not something I think that anybody could get used to. Um, because your your dad dying, I'm sure there's significance, and you still have that that feeling of you know your dad passing and, and that you know, sadness sometimes. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's hard. I, I know it's difficult. Um, for me, it's, I think I have adopted so much because I deal with so much of them 
daily that it's just easy for me to dance to their tune. And but I know <laughs> I think it's different when you have that emotional connection. Um, in case, example, you and your mom, there's this emotional connection, and it's really hard for you to just you know go along with her saying, "Well, where is your where's you know my husband? Why isn't he coming for me?" That sort of thing, and. Um, I think one of the, the tactics you can try because she has short-term memory is probably telling her to, you know, if she can hold on a bit, you know, have a little patience. You should be here shortly. You know, the little fiblets that we were speaking about. Yeah, and, and because she has short-term memory, hopefully she will forget by the time you tell her, you know, he'll be here shortly. And, and you can distract her, try other distractions with other things. Um, different types of therapy. I don't know if they, well, I assume they would do that where she is right now, different types of art therapy mm-hmm. and musical therapy to distract them. Yes, and, and that usually um, takes the anxiety away from them and um, keeps them distracted for a while. She doesn't participate in any of the activities. And one day I said, you know, coloring is great. Uh, it's so relaxing. I'm like, why don't you do it with me? She had a simple outline of a poodle. She could not figure out the difference between inside the lines and outside. So after that, I kind of gave up because I felt like it was pushing her too much. But what she does do, she socializes with this one particular gal. They're always together. When I go they're together. If I take, like I took my mom to get her nails done, her friend's like, oh, can I come? I'm like, oh, what the heck? (laughs) I'm worth a marriage. (laughs) People think I'm crazy, but it's almost easier, not quite as much as it used to be, but it's almost easier to have the two of them because they kind of entertain each other. Right. I was just about to say that. Yeah. I still take two Dianes out frequently. We go for a drive up in the hills um, I took them to the fast food place that has the play zone. Unfortunately, right. there were no kids there. <laughs> kids usually, I think kids are a great interaction for persons uh, with Alzheimer's. Um, you know, it, it's been proven that for some reason, they, they gravitate a lot towards kids. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know if you've noticed that there, there's the, uh, the doll therapy that they use with dementia patients, especially when they're finding they give them these babies. And I, I think they like it because it gives them this sense of responsibility. And, um, you know, sometimes when persons are interacting with them, they interact with them in such a way that they don't know how to interact with them, I should say. And, and so sometimes they don't say anything at all. Sometimes they don't have conversations with them. And I think the few times that they're actually aware of what's going on, they feel pretty sad, you know, and, and they feel depressed that a person isn't speaking to them. And I think they make these connections with kids because it gives them this sense of responsibility and, and, and belonging that they're doing something useful. You know, I believe and, that. Yeah, I, I think so. Uh, but you know, I, I'm glad that she actually has someone that. Well, Diane and Diane. I'm glad. Yeah, <laughs> it was really tricky when there was the three. The three of them would hang out for a while, and I'd be like, "We have right. Diane, the other Diane, and the other other Diane." <laughs> it was. Diane, you don't know who. <laughs> well, my mom would get confused because I if if I would show up to visit. 
and she great. wasn't with her friend, I'd be like, oh, where's your friend, Diane? And she's like, I'm Diane. I'm like, I know, the other Diane. I was like, it was all confusing. But yeah, when right. I, my mom and the first Diane, I, over the summer, I had decided they were renovating the residence. So it was noisy and messy and just not, wasn't comfortable to sit around while they're doing construction and all that stuff. So I took the two ladies bought some sandwiches and drinks and we went to the local city park that has a splash zone and it was 105 degrees. So it was very hot. And we watched the kids play in the splash zone. I thought I was going to melt before these ladies were ready to go. I was like, boy, I'm going to have to dash across the street and get some more water or something. But fortunately about the time I was starting to get a little desperate, they were ready to leave. Right. They loved it. And it's like, they're both moms. They're both grandmas. So, you know, my mom always gravitates to young kids um, whenever we're out and we haven't had any issues. Sometimes I worry because she's protective of the kids that she gravitates towards too. She's appreciative of them. Like she'll tell the mom, Oh, what a beautiful child. Or I just worry a little bit because some people are just too sensitive Right. They might they might be a little put off by my mom because she's different, um, or I worry as my mom's mind declines even further, she might try to pick the kid up or something motherly that might cause somebody. Right. So I'm trying to pay attention, but man, she can yeah. be fast. <laughs> yes, they are usually quick, um, and you know it's it's really sad that people again they're not really sensitized on what Alzheimer's is and what it can do to a person and um, you know if a stranger walks up uh, you know and touches a child or an especially an elderly person some people um, parents tend to freak out mm-hmm. or you know crazy like you know this strange woman is touching my kid, she's trying to pick up a kid, and sometimes they're not really sensitized to say, okay, it looks like this person has a special need, or they're, they're probably a bit different. And um, it's pretty sad, you know, it's, it's really sad that people are not really sensitized enough. Um, only, <laughs> like only when it happens, then right. they you know they go all out to get information but I think because it's so prevalent now there is a, there is more awareness with autistic people and Alzheimer's with everything I, I just think that if precautions could be taken um, it's, it's, I don't know if the flu is uh, prevalent um, with that location because of the, the dust and the pollen and all of that I know sinuses and allergies sometimes brings up the flu you know, um, I hope when that time comes around, people are a little bit more you know, precautious and get their flu shots and everything because it's really, really important. Yeah. yeah, mom's care home does the flu shots there. We were at her doctor the beginning of the season, and so they gave her like they gave her the extra strength one because she's over sixty five. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, that doesn't sound like fun, but <laughs> so you know, we do that for her. But, uh, you know, when you have that, when you have different illnesses, you know, our immune system tends to get weakened, especially with mom, your mom being over 65. So it's necessary for, and, and let me say this to everyone who's listening that, who's listening that have parents with Alzheimer's, so you're caring for someone with 
those are necessary. When the time comes around, it's important for them to get their flu shot because, um, you know, any little thing can happen um, when the immune system starts to decline. And, and it's very easy for them to pick up that, you know, bacterial stuff in the air, viruses in the air. It's really, really important. Um, you know, and, and if there's, if, even if they're in a care home, you probably would want to ask or inquire, you know, just to make sure that it's it's being done. Mm-hmm. Sometimes care homes overlook it. Um, but, you know, I think it's it's extremely important, especially in an in environment like that, because there's so many other people coming around, other visitors are coming around, and you just never know what persons are coming with. So it's really important to get that done. Now, last winter, the, the assisted living side had Mm -hmm. such a bad flu outbreak that they actually had to close the dining room and deliver meals to everybody's rooms. It was bad. The memory care was not as affected, but they Mm -hmm. were, they were, you know, there was like a red sign on the door that said, if, you know, it was a, it was a caution. Like, if you think you're sick, don't come in, be careful, blah, blah, blah. It was, it was a mess. Um, so they're pretty good about giving flu shots because they don't want to go through that again. Hello? Hi, Jennifer. Hi, is everything okay? Yes, everything is fine. Are you on your way to work? Yeah, yeah. How are the kids? Oh, they're doing fine. Busy as usual. I thought Pam was calling today. Don't you have a big meeting to be prepared for? Yeah, actually I do. And, you know, checking in like this, there's got to be a better way. So tell me a little bit more how, so your online support group is every other Friday? Yes. So it's every, well, it's actually once a month. It's it's a Friday. It's 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, which is my time. I think it probably would be about 8 p.m. your time. 7. Or 7, 7 Mm p.m. your time. Yep. Yeah, no, and, and, and this is a space, as I said, you know, it's it's confidential, it's non-judgmental. Um, persons receive encouragement from others, we're inspired by stories of accomplishment. You know, sometimes people think Alzheimer's disease is a death sentence, and but there are people that live over 20, 30 years with Alzheimer's and, and you know, their families have found ways to cope, you know, and so you get other persons to share their experiences, what's been like, and it's really a relief to you to know that somebody went through what you went through, and they survived, and they can sit and talk and chat about it, and give you funny stories about it, because little signers, you know, your parents do things that really, that we don't perceive as normal, and, you know, it's funny after the fact, you can sit and you can say, you know, my mom used to do this, and I thought it was so weird. And somebody would say, well, you know, my mom is currently doing this. How did you cope? And you get that opportunity to share with somebody else. Um, you know, your coping strategies, what you did, you know. And on the care side, too, there are other benefits. You know, you're, you're less lonely. Um, depression is reduced. Anxiety is reduced. Um, you don't feel as tired as you were before, mentally tired, that is, because you're not keeping everything in. You are now speaking with others and sharing. And, and you know, it, it just makes for a really great environment for everybody who joins. Um, and it's a free group. So you, you have really nothing to lose by coming in and just speaking. Um, you know, I try on a monthly basis to bring other professionals on board, Um 
to share different um, perspectives on, on care. And I'm a big advocate for self-care. It's really important to me. I think that if you are not um, caring for yourself properly as a caregiver, it, um, your mode of care would not be effective. Right, because you would be exhausted a lot, you would be frustrated a lot, you tend to snap at the patient a lot. And, um, you know, and, and I always try to, to encourage persons do things at least once a week. Don't be afraid to ask for help, don't be afraid to ask your spouse for help or a sibling. Um, you know, don't be afraid to reach out to somebody and say, you know what, I, I just really can't do this, I need someone with me. And it will work for you because you can get a break to relax, to rejuvenate, you know, um, your mind and then do some yoga and meditate and think about, you know, self-care. It's really important for you to ask for help and get that self-care, get, you know, do something that makes you feel good about yourself. And when you are now refreshed, you're now in a frame of mind or a particular state of mind where you can, you know, help. You can now go and visit your mom and say, okay, yeah, I'm ready. I can do this. Um, and, and you're now able to deal with the different uh, emotions that she's dealing with because you are refreshed and you're not drained and you're not tired, you know. So uh, that's basically why I need that support group to give persons a, a sense, you know, of empowerment and to help them control whatever situations that they are going to encounter. And believe me, they encounter a lot of um, the situations and, and you know it's a lot of emotions to deal with as I said before but at the end of the day you have to be mindful as I said to stay in their moment you yourself has to be you have to be educated you have to know um, you know what the disease does you have to expect certain things be realistic you know it's a disease that will progress over time and you know at some point in time um, you know, it, it would not get better because we know it's, it's a progressive disease, it's progressive illness, and we know it will not get better. Um, but and you have to mentally prepare and know and be realistic that it will not get better. And, you know, dance, as I keep saying, dance to the tune of it, expect different stages will, you know, bring on different personalities of your parents. It will bring on different personalities, different stages do. And, uh, you know, you didn't want to say hostile, but sometimes, you know, they get tend, they tend to get aggressive, especially when they're annoyed. Mm -hmm. And, <laughs> you know, when, when, when they're annoyed, they, they didn't want to do something, they get a bit rebellious, they, they are resistant sometimes. And you, you just have to understand that that's phases and stages that come with it, but remain as calm as possible. And... Um, but while you're remaining calm, don't try to rationalize at all. But remain calm. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I didn't go yesterday, being Monday. Um, I was just tired and I didn't feel great. And I'm like, you know what? I'm just, I, I can't mentally do this. So I'm like, I'm just, I'm going to just, maybe I'll go on Wednesday because I'm, like I said, I'm feeling much better. So I'll, maybe I'll go tomorrow and it'll right. be a much better visit than had I tried yeah. to go yesterday. So let me, um, I find if I if I'm tired or stressed, my patience with my mom is much more limited, and that's not good. So yeah. now I know you you also have classes that you teach. I think they're online. Is that correct? 
Yeah, so we offer some classes online um, on Alzheimer's and dementia care. Um, but uh, the classes online are a bit broader than Alzheimer's and dementia care. We tend to go into other cognitive problems such as Parkinson's disease and um, the different types of dementia and you know, general care of, of your aging parent. And it's important, especially, um, you know, it, it's, it's recently I've had a, uh, a family that I had to work with and the parent has declined so quickly and they were extremely grateful for one of those courses because it was so new to them. They got the diagnosis like, like that and then it's just started to rapidly decline and, and they didn't know it's but also like a whirlwind so i have these classes online for families who are dealing with different um you know different aspects of their aging parents and it may not be alzheimer's it may be something else but but whatever aging um you know aging related diseases you can go online or you can check Facebook or my Instagram page and you can get linked um, to the different courses that we offer online uh, to help you to prepare better. You know what to expect um, with different conditions that would have would occur or different illnesses. And yeah, it, it's just really great because you are now in a position to handle whatever is thrown at you and you are now you know, you're prepared, you're equipped, you know what to have. So, you know, different situations will take you as, uh, take you by surprise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And we have, we, we also cover a lot of different topics um, in my Caring for Caregivers um, groups. We I, I speak a lot about caregiver burnout because it's real. And um, a lot of people don't understand that this burnout is really real. And I, I speak a lot about guilt and frustration and, um, you know, elderly parents, those who are abusive towards their children. How do you cope with that? So we cover, you know, it's a broad uh, range of topics. And um, I'm certain that anybody who's going through something would be able to find a topic that's relating to their present situation and would be able to get some help. Yeah, because like I said at the beginning, I really feel that the more you know and understand the disease and why, like how it affects your parent, like my mom, and like why she reacts the way she does. Well, if you don't understand and they react oddly to you, you know, you're trying to fix something that you can't fix. And it's, I just... I was frustrating. It is frustrating. It's 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 hard um, trying to, as you said, fix something that you you really don't know how. You know, you, you don't know, and I think if you understand, as you said earlier, once you understand the way the disease progresses, and once you understand that these are the stages that the par- your parents or your loved one have to go through because they have to go through those phases, um, it's, it's easier for you because you're not trying to um, fix something that's broken. You know it's broken and you work with it how you can. Right. And the, I think the only way you can work with them effectively is if you understand what's going on in their mind. Like when we're dealing with our children, like when they're toddlers and two and they want to do everything themselves and they can't, 
you know, we know that that's a developmental stage and we know how to guide them through it. If you've learned, you know, you don't say, go get yourself dressed because that could be a nightmare. You ask Mm -hmm. them, do you want this outfit or this outfit? It gives them, it empowers them. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, I've done similar things with my mom. The biggest challenge is, and I've told this to a lot of people is, taking care of your parent with Alzheimer's is not the same as raising a kid. It's, it's the opposite because you're, the kid builds on knowledge and experience. Whereas your parents, they keep losing the knowledge and experience and you're almost always starting over. And sometimes you start over at a, not as good a place. You know, it's like, like I said, my mom, I'm pretty sure her long, her long-term memory is not good. I've, I've done the whole bring the family photo album and try to talk to her about the past. And fortunately I know enough about it so that when she starts getting off into, she starts blending all these different memories, but it makes sense. If you, if you have no idea that what she's telling you is garbled (laughs) memories all thrown together, it's like different pieces of a puzzle, but they all somehow fit together. You know, there's been conversations we've had where, So start saying something. It's like, oh, hey, here's an old memory coming up. And then she'll start saying, keep going. And it's like, I'm not sure this is actually accurate because (laughs) what I do know is not fitting up with what she's telling me now. And of course, her mom is gone. And, um, you know, and I I don't want to bother my uncle and say, hey, mom was saying blah, blah, blah. Is this (laughs) the case? Because... Now, one of these days we'll have to get together and put some of these things together, but together. I don't want to, I don't want to bug, bug him every time she has one of these faux memories from the past. <laughs> well, you know, funny enough, I, I like um, when you said that it's always that it always seems like you're starting over, which is a, a really pretty detailed and accurate way to describe caring for someone with Alzheimer's disease, because you know, especially their short-term memory, when it lasts about two minutes, you know, it's, it's like you have to keep saying the same thing over and over. But it's really, really important that when she's giving you these stories, these different stories, you... <laughs> and I know, yeah, I know, but, you know, it's really important that you stay with them with the stories and... Even if it doesn't make sense, you know, I, I've just adapted so much to these things that to me, in my mind, I would really have a legit conversation with them as far out of the box, <laughs> you know, <laughs> as it sounds. I really, it's, it's just become so easy for me to just go along with whatever and, you know, say, you know, that's pretty interesting. That's pretty cool. So th- that happens, you know, and, and, I know in a couple of minutes they will forget, but you know, staying with them in that particular moment makes them feel good. Mm-hmm. And that's what we want ultimately. You know, we, we want them to feel good. We we don't want them to feel that they are hard to talk to, hard to love. And and yeah, so it, <laughs> I'm laughing because it's not um it's not unusual for them to come up with some really weird stories. And um to me, it's, it's, it's part of that. And it sounds weird, but it makes my job fun. It's like you escape from the world and you're now in an alternate reality kind of world. And yeah, you know, in a world where everything's all good and they just share stories and you just go along with it. So 
I think you're you're doing amazing based on what uh, we, the conversation we've had so far. You've actually been doing a really good. Oh, oh, thank you. I try. One of the when my father was in the hospital before he went on hospice. I was taking my mom from my house back to hers. Her sister was going to stay with her for a few days. And as we're driving, it's sundowners time and it's, it's winter. So it gets dark super early. And we were going around the mountain through the, like the rural country type road. So it's, as the sun's going down, it actually could seem very unusual. I mean, if you're not in your right mind, you could imagine all kinds of crazy things out there in the dark with not a lot of lights. And she looks at me and she goes, well, do you like your home? And I'm like, well, yeah, why? And she's like, well, I think you should pay my grandparents for it. And I'm like, okay, her grandparents died before I was born. And my house at the time was 10 and a half years old. So I'm like, um, okay, <laughs> what's this coming from? And it was a very stressful time with my dad and, I hadn't really experienced that with her. And it was just like, holy moly, what am I supposed to say to this? And I, I don't remember what I said. I, I probably just kind of tried to redirect her attention because I knew I couldn't explain to her. It wasn't theirs. And I, you know, as I said, they died before I was born. So I know I'm like, this is bizarre. The conversation we had last week, she was mixing up, memories of her dad with memories of my dad so they were probably about the same age in her mind so she was mixing them up and that's how I figured out well she was saying that her dad her dad moved um, from Alameda County to where we live now and because he was opening up his business and I'm like uh no he worked for the national lab until I was right a year out of high school and then so I asked her some questions and then I realized she was talking about my dad. I'm like, or, or I think she was, it was so confusing. confusing. It's confusing for her. I think, I hope the caregivers hear me when I say this. You need to develop a sense of humor um, when you are caring for, you know, your loved one. You need to develop a sense of humor because they will say a lot of odd things. They will say things that you have to learn to, you know, laugh, smile, and, and be a little lighthearted with a lot of things, because if you uh, keep thinking, oh my gosh, she doesn't know what she's saying, you get, you, you'll get stressed, you'll get right. tired, you will get exhausted, you will get straight aid, all the negative emotions are going to flow, and you know, instead of you saying, well, why is she saying this, this doesn't make any sense, she's just losing it, you know, you, you can hit Take it, you know, humorous, and, and that's a way of alleviating stress, you know. Yeah, yeah, that's why I, I try to tell people is you got to find the humor or else yeah. you lose your mind really yes. quickly. Definitely. I have told this story, I believe, online before where I went to her and we were going somewhere, I don't remember where we were going, and because she'd lost some weight and mm-hmm. she is very fond of clothing that has not fit for a very long time, which I've since fixed. Um, her blouse slipped off her shoulders. And I remember looking over at her going, huh, I wonder whose black sports bra you're wearing. Because my mom never wore sports bras. 
Black probably wouldn't have been her first choice. I was just like, I'm not even going there. Yeah. Just not dealing. She's dressed just fine. And I'm just not even going to worry about it because yeah. I probably don't want to know. It was probably the other. I might have, well, I'm assuming it was the other Diane's, but yeah, I don't know. That's right. she was, she accused everybody of stealing. And when her daughter moved her out, they had like five bags of clothing that were not the other Diane. And I went through it and pulled out a bunch of stuff that was my mom's. And there was a bunch of stuff that wasn't like, yeah, I guess I know who the thief was. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, <laughs> You just have to, you just have to find that balance. You just have to have that sense of humor because you are going to lose your mind, uh, you know, trying to figure out things that really you can't figure out, you know, right. and uh, yeah, it's, it, it really, my best advice and, and usually it, it's the shortest, but I, I just tell them, stay in their moment, find some humor and, Make sure you, you develop a, a self-care routine and, um, you know, don't forget to ask for help. I, th- I think these are, there are so many other things we can speak about, but for me, I, that's paramount importance because these are the things that I know can give you that, uh, that relief that you need. Um, and even if you're finding all the humor you can, it doesn't take away from the fact that it is stressful. It is a stressful task of you mothering your mother. Mm-hmm. I mean, who prepares for that? You know, no one prepares for mothering your mother, their mothers uh, or their fathers or, you know, being a, a you know, it's, it's, you just need to develop. I think those four things are really important and anybody doing anything from our conversation, I, I just really reinforce that because if you don't develop that self-care routine, the caregiver burnout, as I said, it's real. You're going to crash and burn. And you are, you know, eventually you you, you kind of, you wouldn't be of any help to them. Mm-hmm. And you want to be a support system for them. But you must first take care of yourself and do things that makes you feel good so you can in turn make them feel good. You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's probably an excellent place to end so that people can have that in their mind. Um, And I have mentioned before that 65% of caregivers end up hospitalized or deceased before the person they're caring for. So self-care is incredibly important. Yes, you know, um, I told uh, someone uh, recently, have a day for yourself where you are allowed to you know, put your phone in silence, go to a spa, go to a movie by yourself. Uh, you know, just, just find some friends, have some friends, um, and you go out, go to a movie, just, you know, relax. It, it's really not that difficult. I, I know, you know, you want to be there all the time, but you can't be there all the time because you need to, you know, rejuvenate yourself so you can go and, and care for your parents right? right and as you said correctly that sometimes they you die and you leave your parents you to remember they can't remember anything they have short-term memory so even if they're annoyed or aggravated it lasts for what point five seconds and then they're just they just die back into their normal routine and you were left stressed and intense and burnt out so yeah you, you really i advocate a lot for 
self-care. I advocate um, heavily, you know, on self-care. Well, I'm definitely linking in the show notes the your website so that people can check out the online support group. I'm going to check it out as well. Like I said, I missed mine this month. Um, I don't, I don't feel like because I get to talk to so many interesting people all the time. I don't, I don't feel like, Oh no, I missed it. I got to find another group to go to, but you know, I've learned so much by attending the group and talking to people that it can't hurt. And I might be able to offer some advice. You never know. I've been in this, I've been in this journey longer than I like to admit. Um, My mom has had Alzheimer's most of my adult life. Wow. I'm pretty sure it's been close to 20 years. Wow. So yeah. yeah, when people say, oh, you know, they're living longer, it's like, oh God, no. <laughs> because it's like And they are. They are. Yeah. They're living they're living longer. And and you know, I was on a podcast last week um, and we were speaking about the, the sandwich generation, and I was explaining to Dr. Benjamin, that was the host, that uh, you know, we've made so many strides to keeping them alive longer, but I don't think we actually realize what it's doing to caregivers and carers because not much has been put in place for, yeah, <laughs> for, for us. us. <laughs> yeah, not much has been put in place for caregivers. Yeah, so. yeah I, don't, I don't think my mom would appreciate being, I mean, she's physically fine. She walks fine. You know, she feeds herself fine. Um, She's slower at it, but that's just because her mind isn't processing the information well. But she, because my grandmother had Alzheimer's as well. So did my great-grandmother. So yay for me. Um, Not fun. (laughs) Um, She never wanted to end up like her mom. And that's exactly how she's ended up. And she she wouldn't be happy with living as long as possible. So, you know, it's... It'll be interesting to see in the next two or three years how how she declines, which sounds terrible, because um, I know she doesn't want to be the way she is, so it'll be up to me to not intervene too much, but not right. let her suffer. So I'm not excited about that choice either. But Great. I, I so, think when the time comes, you will make the right choice. Um, you know, I remember... They don't remember. So even if we know it's not some, it's not a, you know, they don't want to be a particular way. I think sometimes we want to hold on to them as much as we can. Mm-hmm. You know, just yeah, we want to keep them around as long as possible. Um, but we can't. You know, we can't, unfortunately. And um, you know, when that time comes, we make the decisions. The decisions are made, and 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 you know. It's not a good feeling, but no, yeah, you know. <laughs> and that's where the support groups comes in. That's true, and yeah. I always feel a little bit sad when you know the like next month if I go and the facilitator will say, "Well, so and so is not here with us anymore because their family member passed away." It's like I started the support group like six months after my dad passed away, mm-hmm. partly because I needed to process that and the grief support group was not helping at all but the support group I think it helped me deal with my mom which allowed me to 
process everything that was going on in my head with my dad. So support groups are extremely important. And I'm right. excited that you have an online option for people who are yes. not close to a group or yes. you know can't get out of the house. And yeah, literally, you know, it's, it's really great. You don't have to leave your home and you get all the encouragement you need. You get all the inspiration you need right from your home. So it'll be really great to join and, you know, just have conversations and, and you know, speak to persons and get that sort of, you know, uh, you know inspiration. It's, you know, I, I, there's just no way I could describe the feeling sometimes when you get the feedback, but I, I think once you join, you will get that sense of community and support and family and all of that. Yeah. I, uh, the one month that I went to the support group and I had a specific question and two thirds of us had the same question. And it was like, it was a relief to know, not that I didn't know, but it, it was a relief to have the affirmation that, I'm not the only one dealing with these annoying problems. Like my mom was yes. not changing clothes. Yes. And she's wearing a yeah. sweater in the 105 degree temperatures. And I would tell her, we're going to go out. And she put on this t-shirt because I didn't want her to melt. <laughs> and other people were having the same problem. And it was. Oh, it, and it, that's a really good point because sometimes you and 50 other persons are experiencing the same thing and you don't want to share or say anything because you're thinking, okay, this may sound like a really stupid question or this may sound like, you know, people may think, why can't I handle this? But a lot of other people are going through the same thing and, and that's what I, I tell people, you know, you're not alone in it. So many people have the same problems that you have. You're not in isolation. And so that's why support groups or communities are so important because somebody before you would have had to deal with the same issue that you're dealing with right now. And, and somebody the, got through it. Yeah. Well, and the answer to the question that we all had was so obvious. It was like, oh, why didn't I think of that? But yeah. She, well, the, the issue was like one person said, well, if she likes that sweater, you know, buy several that are pretty much the same. I'm like, same. well, it's, you know, October. And well, I guess sweaters were out then, but I'm like, I don't even know when this sweater was purchased. So I did look, but um, somebody said, well, just have like seven outfits that, cause it's overwhelming. And I'm right. like, how can it be overwhelming? She used to have like three closets full of clothes. Now she's got this one tiny little closet. And then when I went in her room and I was visiting and I looked in the closet, I'm like, yeah, I can see why this is overwhelming. You know, it, it's not overwhelming to me, but to, to her. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I just, cause I was thinking about it as the way her closet was and you know, so, but now she hasn't been wearing the same outfits every week. So this is good. If the advice worked. And I think all of us in the group took the same advice and I think we all had success. So definitely all the listeners, you can't find a local support group. You definitely want to check out hers, Simone's, because they're very helpful and you will not regret it. Well, I know it's late where you're at, so I will let you go. And I really appreciate you helping everybody out with talking about support groups and self-care and all these good things. It was my pleasure. It was my pleasure. I really enjoyed doing this. This is, you know, a major part of my job, as I say, day to day. You know, this is what I live for, to provide support, to provide care, to provide 
comfort and it's just a really good feeling knowing that you can help someone so please don't you know hesitate to reach out guys whomever is listening don't be afraid shoot me a message awesome (laughs) well you have a terrific rest of the week thank you jennifer i appreciate it all righty bye-bye goodbye Hi, Jen. Sorry about the confusion this morning. I don't know why we keep getting mixed up like this, but I did do some research and I found the perfect app, I think, to solve our problems. It's called uh, I'm Up. It's a way that mom can check in with us at the push of the button on her phone. Wow, that sounds interesting. Tell me about it. It's really simple and kind of perfect for us. Mom just puts her info in and then one of our contact numbers at a time of day when we want her to check in and taps a big red button when it comes up. And then whatever contact she puts in gets a text message. If she doesn't check in, the contact will be alerted, and if there's no continued contact, like she doesn't ever get back to us, then emergency services get called. Huh, that sounds fantastic. How much does that cost? It's only $4.99 a month, which is pretty reasonable, all things considered. Uh, With this version, you get all kind of great options. You can program it for one to three check-ins. There's multiple emergency contacts. So the whole family or even a neighbor could get one. There's even a pet registry to store important information about the dog, including what you want to do after you pass away. Also, there's an estate directory that allows you to have all of the estate information in one place, which is pretty awesome. Power of attorney info and anything someone might need if you're incapacitated or worse. Sign us up. I'm assuming you get that through the App Store. I'm downloading it now. After you download the I'm Up app from your favorite App Store, use invite code 006. That way the fine folks at I'm Up know that you heard about them from Fading Memories. Thanks for tuning in to Fading Memories, and as always, I'll be in your ears again next Tuesday. If you enjoyed this episode and found it helpful, please take a moment and give us a positive rating and review. Ratings and reviews are how new listeners find us, and I can't be a supportive podcast if people don't know I exist. 